know, it's so important for us to really focus on the reason for the season. And I just wanted to talk a little bit tonight. I'm just going to share from my heart. I may deviate from my notes, but I want to share just a little, about, a little bit about who the Prince of Peace really is and what he is in our life. And just really focus on the Prince of Peace. And I say Prince in capital and uh, in my studying, I was just looking up the word Prince of Peace. The word Prince of Peace is the Hebrew Shar Shalom, which means the one who removes all peace disturbing factors and secures the peace. Isn't that good? This instantly sets him apart from all other human rulers. He is a Prince of Peace. I'm going to say it again. He's the one who removes all peace disturbing factors and secures the peace. And I, I love the scripture, Isaiah 9, 6. We know it, it's, it's uh, common. Are we having problems with the computer? For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. And I noticed in this verse, I'd never seen this before, the two words that kind of are congruent are the government and the prince. And those two words there represent something. They represent authority. And he has a place of authority in our lives if we are allowing him to have that place in our lives to allow supernatural, not just natural peace, but a supernatural place for us to abide where he is in authority over our peace. You know, the world tries to give us peace, and it's all based on circumstances. And, you know, you could have peace based on your circumstances or not, depending, you know, if maybe your job is secure, your, your relationships are all great, your pocketbook is full, and you're happy about everything that's going on in your life, and your health is great, and all, all those things are, you know, A+. Plus. But not everybody has those things lined up in their lives at all times, right? The word says that, that we will uh, go through trials and tribulations. Many are the afflictions. But he will deliver us out of them all. And how does he deliver us? Through a supernatural place in his presence, in Christ, that mystery that we have in Christ, in that place of peace. But why is it that so many people are not in peace? And you can tell that just by, if you go out and <clears throat> just drive here, so many people, I noticed on, the, uh, I think it was the Neighborhood app or Liberty Hill, uh, the post that somebody actually took a picture of somebody's car, the back of their car, and said, <clears throat> excuse me, this person, if you are behind this person, beware, be careful. I don't think it's anybody in here, thank God. Uh, this person drives crazy. They have driven me off the road. Um, they're they're a nutty driver. They're they're and they, I have kids in my car. And I I was just kind of reading through, and all these people underneath knew who this person was. And I was like, okay, you have a reputation of being a mad driver, crazy. And so there must be something wrought up on the inside of you to cause you to want to drive crazy like that. And I know somebody in my life who, not my husband, but in my life who uh, likes to say things to the drivers and, rah, 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 you know, in, inside the car. And, and it's just, it's not peaceful. It's not peaceful. And there's many things that are vying for our peace to steal 
They're peace stealers, right? And we have to keep the peace. How many are all about keeping the peace? There was a time in my life, in our lives, where we were, we were going through some things. It was a long period of time. And there were some, some situations going on and some spiritual activity. And you know this if you've ever gone through anything uh, of, of a high uh, level spiritually. It just causes so much unrest in your home, right? It, it can. And you can either put your focus on that and meditate on that all the time and talk about it all the time and allow it to steal from you which I did, and I'm just going to say probably every person in here, I know every person in here has dealt with some kind of disorder or disturbance of your peace because we're human, and it's a part of the fall. It's a part of the human nature. We, we are led by our, our flesh sometimes, and, and that's why I want to talk about this. I want to get our focus on this, and I, this is something that is common, but sometimes we need to redirect. We just need to have a redirect of our focus. Amen. On the way here, uh, Braden was asking me. He said, um, I was trying to be peaceful <laughs> on the way and pray in the spirit and get ready. And he said, can I ask you a question? I was like, oh, here we go. And because uh, he always has these brainiac questions on the way to church. I don't know why, but it's always on the way to church. He says, did you ever have a, uh, a pretend friend uh, when you were a kid? And I said, well, I don't think so. I had two siblings that they were always there, and I was always telling them what to do, so I didn't really have to have a pretend friend. <laughs> and so he said, well, I feel like I have a, a pretend friend, and, but I feel like it's me, and, but that person is nice. And, but then there's somebody else that is always t trying to tell me what to do. And I said, well, I think what you're hearing is you're hearing the Holy Spirit. Your spirit man on the inside is trying to lead you and guide you in tr the truth and the right things. But then your flesh is vying to do its own thing. You know, the word says that the flesh and the spirit war against one another. And so I'm trying to help him identify. I, I've never had an 11-year-old come up with these things. So it's a new world for me But um, at this age. But... I'm trying to help him understand that there is a flesh and a spirit. And I said, you need to really be careful to identify, you know, what, which voice is which and how to listen to the voice of the spirit. Because the voice of the spirit will always, how does he lead us? He leads us by joy and peace, right? Not confusion, not stress, not strife, not frustration. And so if there's ever any of those things frustration, stress, all those things, and we know it's not the Spirit. You know, we had some things going on last week. You know, you all know we were in California uh, with Hunter for the whole thing that he was doing without saying anything, and um, he was in that contest, and it was very stressful for us and for him. We were, you know, we were feeling the, the stress. Just It's just a, a normal thing. You know, there's a lot of competition and just the stress of it all. And, uh, and so I had gotten us an Airbnb so we could stay nearby. Lindsay stayed with us, and so we got a two places to stay. And in my getting, th you know, I was doing things late at night, and I had pressed the button to book, and it buffered a long, long, long time. And I was booking it from the 10th to the 14th. Well, when it came back up, unbeknownst to me, it came back up 10 through 13. I don't know how it happened, but it changed the dates. 
And so we decided on Thursday, this was the day after all the stress of everything. We were outside for, what was it, 10 hours, 8 hours, sitting outside waiting on the answers and finding out what was going on. And, uh, and it was hot in the morning, and then it was cold at night. They were handing out blankets and hand warmers, and there was no food, and there was porta potties and it, it was like, are you all feeling bad for us yet? And, <laughs> and it was just very stressful. The first day we were there, we stood for eight hours, and we watched all uh, 57 contestants sing. We stood. There was no seating. I had to go back and lay down on, on my back because <laughs> my back was hurting. But anyway, it was just a very kind of crazy couple of days. And so Thursday, we were off, we were done. We said, hey, let's go to Universal. Let's decompress, not decompose, decompress. And so uh, we found some Groupon tickets. We went, and, um, and while we're there at 1 o'clock, the Airbnb guy calls me, and I looked down at my phone. He had been texting me. He says, you're supposed to be out of your room. The maid's been there. She's wanting to clean your room. You're supposed to be out. And I said, no, I rented to the 14th. And he said, no, you rented to Long story short, well, it's already too late, but um, we, he was so gracious, and he worked with us, and he said, it's okay, I think I have a remedy, and the maid willingly, because we were a good 45 minutes away, and with the traffic there, it would have been an, an hour both ways, and it was already like 2, 1 or 2 o'clock, it closed at 7, if we would have had to go back and move our stuff, we would have just lost our tickets by that time with all the traffic, and so he was so gracious, he said, I have a remedy. Uh, but in the midst of all this, I'm feeling this anxiety, like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do, you know? And then we had some other things going on that we were kind of looking at and dealing with on top of that. And uh, just there were so many things going on in our basket at one time. And thankfully, the man was able to, he, has, he had another set of uh, apartment, in the same apartment, he had another set of rooms uh, it was another apartment, and the maid moved our stuff. Can you believe that? Who does that? The maid. She organized it. She had my shoes like this. All of our stuff was organized. It was very nice. We, we actually gave her a tip because we were so thankful. But, you know, in that moment, it was like, okay, I can either choose to have anxiety and frustration, or I can choose to just trust God. And so... I just said, what can we do? How can we make this happen? And he was so gracious to help us, and we worked it out. And there were some other things that happened, but in that week, I look back, and that's kind of what provoked this tonight, was I look back at the whole week and some of the things we were going through. I just felt like we were in this peace bubble, just, you know, a grace that was on us. And I never felt, uh, except for that one first moment, I was like, okay, God's going to take care of this. But I had an opportunity to stay in that place of peace. And what, I, what I'm saying here is peace is a choice. You know, peace is a person. It's Jesus. And we can stay in him, in Christ. We can stay in Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Or we can pull ourselves out of it, out of him. And when we pull ourselves out of him, and how do we pull ourselves out of him? Can anybody give me any clues on how you pull yourself out of that place? What? Following other things. Yeah, you're not following your peace, but... How do you follow other things? You start meditating. Where the mind goes, the man follows. And so you start meditating on. And what, what, what is it that usually starts it? It's the what ifs. What if I can't get da-da-da-da-da? What if I can't pay da-da-da-da-da? What if I get cancer? What if I this? What if I die early? What if I, 
What if, what if this relationship, what if, what if, what if? That's what Eve did. She questioned God. She questioned his ability. And the what ifs and the why can't I's are the open doors for taking us down the road of doubt and unbelief, stress and fear and anxiety. And those are the open doors. And we know the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. And so anything he says to us, we know, is the opposite, right? But we just have to recognize what is his voice. And, you know, today I've had some things coming at me, and I'm like, that's not, that's not God's voice. People will write me and say, I, I feel overwhelmed. I've got this going on, this going on. What does God say? What does his word say about your situation? Who does God say that you are? See, we start entertaining those what-ifs too much, and we start meditating. And then what happens after we start meditating on it? Out of the abundance of our heart, we've set our heart on it, we've set our mind on it, and then all of a sudden we start saying things. And what happens is we get into a pattern, we, or we're choosing this pattern, and, and we, we go down this road, and then after a while the pattern is there, and it's so prevalent that we don't even realize we're in that pattern anymore. See, probably everyone here has a pattern, the way you get dressed, the way you get up in the morning, you get up, you know, and my husband gets up all hours in the morning, and then, you know, I was up till two cleaning and doing some things, so I, I went to bed, and I thought, okay, I'm going to sleep till maybe seven, and he was up at crack of dawn, 5.30, I think it was, maybe earlier than that, whatever it is, and I hear him creeping around, and, you know, our floors creak a little bit, so I hear him, and and then, then, of course, he has to come over and kiss my face, and I'm awake then. So um, so anyway, where was I going with all that? <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to get some rest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just remain peaceful. And how, how many here in the mornings after you've gotten some peace and your mind shut down, you hear God a little bit more, a little clearer? I was just talking to somebody about this. It's like some things we were praying about this week. I woke up and the, and the answer was there. It's like when you go to sleep, you know, the word says it promises us sweet sleep. When you lie down, you should have sweet sleep. Those are promises that we can stand on. But how you go to sleep is how you're going to wake up. And so if you're going to sleep worrying and fretting and questioning God, then you're going to get up in the morning and have those same thoughts. And so you got to shut your mind down. you got to say, you know, I'm going to trust him. S quote the scripture. Say something good. You know, I, I love being able to know that there is an answer in the word. The word brings life. And even praying in the spirit. You know, I was uh, talking to my sister-in-law yesterday or today. I forget now. It's all a blur. And she was just encouraging me with something that we've been praying about. She said, pray in the spirit. She said, when you pray in the spirit, it releases a spirit of faith, and it denies that doubt and unbelief. And so how many times, how much time do we waste, how much effort do we waste thinking about things, leaning on our own understanding instead of acknowledging him and letting him direct our paths? And so we get in that place. Praying in the spirit is so important, and it's so valid as a Christian. It's so uh, uh, prevalent for his leading in our life. It's where our power comes from. 
And so it empowers us to know what he has for us. And, you know, we've taught about this before, but when you pray in the spirit, we pray out mysteries and secrets, and we pray out the perfect plan of God. And all of a sudden, there's a knowing. We have an understanding. It's like, oh, now I know. That's the spirit of knowing. You can't have that without praying. And, you know, and however you pray, I know not, not everyone prays in the spirit. It would behoove you to, but um, that would be advantageous. Um, but there's, there's this little book. How many have heard of Louis Giglio? Have you all heard of him? No? It's, this little book's called Winning the War on Worry. And there's just some real, we saw him live somewhere. I forget now where it was. There were some things I was meditating on. I, I want to just give you real quick. Are you all good? Are you getting sleepy yet? Holding my book open. Now I lost my book. Okay, let me start here. There's just a couple things I highlighted I wanted to uh, uh, read to you, if you don't mind. As believers, we are meant to live a life characterized by the light and easy yoke of Jesus in Matthew 11.30. And the more room we give what-ifs, the more heavily burdened we become. Maybe for you, the list of what-if questions have seemed slightly trivial and you might have read through those statements and said, oh, well, he's talking about something he referred to. Um, but the trivial things, those little things, it's those little foxes that spoil the vine. And those little things that we entertain become big things. And so we can't allow the little things to even come in. I like this. Arthur Summers Roche said so well, worry is like a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. Isn't that good? The enemy loves to isolate us and make our struggles seem disproportionate to those around us. We think we're the only one going through this. We're the only one that's dealing with stuff. We feel isolated in our, in our struggle and our, our fears, and we become overcome by them. But guess what? Turn to the person next to you and say, you go through it too. Everyone here goes through stuff, and I'm not speaking anything negative over anybody, but acknowledging that every person in this room has dealt with fear or worry or anxiety over something lets us know that this is common to man. This is not something special just for the special worrier people. And let me just say this. We are not bound to what our our grandparents or our grand, great-grandparents or whomever in your past was a worry wart. You might say, well, I just, you know, I'm just a worrier. My grandma was a worrier. My great-grandpa was a worrier. And I just become this way because this is the way my family is. They're, they're champion worry, worriers. Well, that's not who we are. We're not under the curse. We're under the blessing. And we're blessed in our minds, we're blessed in our hearts, we're blessed with the word, and we don't have to let worry take over. It is a choice. Peace is a choice. Worry is a choice. And I choose peace. How about you? I choose to live under the jurisdiction of the Prince of Peace because he came to do something amazing for us. I see I haven't even started my, my notes yet. Okay. There is some level of comfort in knowing that worry strikes people from every walk of life and background. <laughs> Do you feel comforted to know that other people are dealing with it? Uh, okay, there's another part here I wanted to read to you. Let me see. So worry is a liar. Can you, can you acknowledge that, that worry is a liar? 
The root of worry is fear. And fear doesn't come from God. It comes from the enemy. Thus, at the heart of worry is the devil. And scripture is clear. The devil is a liar. When he lies, Jesus said this about him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Worry is an enemy tactic, a strategy built on lies that are designed to rob you of your peace and tear your mind to pieces. That's why it's crucial that you are able to spot the worries and stop them there. Okay, and there was one other thing I wanted to read here, if I can find it. I may not be able to find it. Can you find it for me in the back? It's highlighted blue. I don't know what page. Usually I write the page down. It's toward the back on the left. Okay, so Isaiah 9-6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given, a government will rest on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. He came to fulfill the need for us, a Messiah, but the people didn't recognize him. People didn't recognize him as Messiah. And I wonder if we are recognizing him as our Prince of Peace in this season. Well, all year long, but in this season specifically. Isaiah prophesied that the coming Messiah would be the Prince of Peace. Why a prince and not the King of Peace? A prince acts under the authority of the Father, the King. While Jesus is fully God, equal with his Father, he brings peace as the messenger from his Father. Jesus was sent by God, and he became obedient by his death on the cross. So he, his role as the Prince of Peace is directly uh, tied to his role as Savior. Isn't that interesting? Accomplishing the task for which his Father sent him into the world. So Jesus, we were singing that song, you know, crucified. Uh, I, I was thinking about that while we were singing how, you know, Jesus came into the world, and we're celebrating Christmas right now. And I know this isn't his official birth date, but we're celebrating the season. Excuse me. And I'm thinking, you know, he knew when he came to the earth that his end would be death. But then he knew he would come back to life. And it was all a, a process for us so that we could not only have redemption and salvation and healing and wholeness, but also so that we could live in peace. We live in a world that has fallen. There's all kinds of chaos. It's gotten more chaotic. You know, I remember at the beginning of 2020, the, I had a dream and I saw some things coming our way. It was a storm coming. And you all, I've shared this. The Holy Spirit said, there's a storm coming. Don't let it get inside of you. And I didn't really quite understand then, but gosh, we know now what that meant is to not let the chaos and the dis disturbedness and the frustration and the fear and the worry and the anxiety get inside of us. But that remains so. It's, it's, there's a lot that has sort of, we've kind of gotten used to because the height, of the, it's heightened in our world. The craziness has heightened and, and some people are used to it, but we've got a place to go hidden under the shelter of his wings, a place where no matter what we're going through, no matter how many check, check off the boxes we've got, the list, you know, that we have for this week until Christmas or whatever it is that you're getting, to, getting ready to do, maybe you don't have anything. Maybe some people are traveling. I don't know what it is that, you know, you're, you've got in your future. Maybe you're, you know, like Buddy's going through a job change. There's some things that are shifting in his life. But 
<clears throat> there's such an importance in remaining in that place where the Prince of Peace can rule and reign. And the authority that he has in that place is supernatural and can carry us through. So there's a scripture. I'm going to skip through my notes just a little bit. If you don't mind, because I'm not going to be able to get through all of it. Jesus provides peace in our circumstances. John 16, These things have I spoken to you so that in me, in me, in me, you may have peace. It's because he's the prince of peace. That's the only place we'll have peace. In the world, you have tribulation. So if you've stepped out of that place in him with your mind, you're in this place now in the world where all chaos can get to you. And that tribulation and the chaos is freaking you out on a day-to-day -day basis. But Jesus said, take courage. I've overcome the world. You just need to come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And you got to lay down your thought processes. you got to lay down all the stuff and allow him to overtake what you're thinking and how you're dealing with situations, right? So there's three pre prerequisites of his peace. Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He said it two times in there because he meant it. He said this because rejoicing is, and rejoice means to be clamorously foolish. How many of us are clamorously foolish in our praise? And I know, you know, we want to do things decently in order, but I would love to see some clamorously foolishness in church once in a while. Some running, some jumping, some laughing, some rejoicing. And again, I say rejoicing <laughs> because this is a prerequisite for peace. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. And you don't know what else is going on. And you don't know what my, my pocketbook look, looks like. And you don't know what my kids are saying and doing. And, you know, and I don't know if my kids are going to live for the Lord. And you don't know what my husband's doing. And you don't know what the doctors are saying. It doesn't matter. Those things do not prevail above the word of God and what the, pre the presence of Jesus can do in our lives. Amen. We have to put, and this is part of putting him first, even in our thoughts. If you're, you're, you think you're putting him first in your life and all you're doing is meditating on your problems and focusing on the issue, you are not putting him first. Because we're to love the Lord God with all our heart, our soul, and our minds. And if you're loving on your problems and uh, adoring your situation and magnifying those things, then that's where your focus is and that's what's getting your attention. And that's what you're magnifying. And what you're magnifying is what's going to manifest in your life. So if you don't like what's been manifest in your life, then just take a check on what you've been focusing on and make a change. And how do you do that? Get in some the Word. Get in the worship. The, get into some prayer. Allow the Holy Spirit to take over your mind. Some of y'all need to lose your mind. <laughs> and I say that in the right sense of the word. Lose your mind and get a hold of God's mind. You know, the Word says that I can do all things through Christ. I hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of the Father's heart. Well, you can't hold his thoughts, his feelings, or his purposes if you're not in his Word. His Word is his will. His Word is his way. His Word brings life, and it'll change your situation. And there's little habits that we tend to do that we kind of pull away from what we know. How many 
have an understanding right now that there's so much busyness that it can push us out of spending time with him. We've got to purposefully spend time with him. And I'm not saying, you know, religion would say, well, you just got to, you got to do it this way and this way only. You be led by the Holy Spirit how to do it because that's relationship. Relationship is, hey, I'm praying in the shower. I'm praying when I'm doing laundry. I'm praying. I've had some of the greatest times when I'm doing laundry and the dishes with the Holy Spirit. I've gotten some of the, the most insight in those times, you know, pray, uh, praying in the car. Now, I'm not taking away from the time that you need to spend time in the Word and to dedicate some, some sacrificial time to Him. Do that too. But be led. Don't feel like you're being legalistic about how you do it. Some people uh, function in cer- certain ways. My husband is very uh, uh, orderly. He has a certain way of doing things. He likes to do things a certain way every day. I like to kind of fly by the seat of my pants. I like to do things a little differently. And uh, I don't like, I like change. I have to have, I have to do things a little different every day. Some days I might do it the same. Some days I may change it up. And that's okay. It's okay. And let me just say this. I was thinking about this on the way. There's a lot of perspectives in the world today. A lot of opinions. A lot of things that, you know, people might say, well, that's not the way it is. And it should be this way. Well, I have a right to my perspective. And you have a right to your perspective. And, and with husbands and wives especially, I'm not saying this because of anything. I'm just saying we, we can, it's okay that we may not share the same opinion of something. We can, we can uh, uh, disagree agreeably, we, right? We, there's some things that we're, we're very much on the same page with most everything. But there's some things that, you know, he may do different than I do. Or he may not want to do the way I do. And that's okay. And it doesn't mean that if I don't do it his way, that I'm not right or that he's not right. I cannot impose my ways on him. He cannot impose his ways on me. And, it, and it's not right for me to say, well, you're just wrong because you don't share my feelings. That's not right. We are individuals. And, of course, everything has to line up with the truth of the word. I'm not talking about truths. I'm just talking about life in general, opinions and things. Everything needs to line up with the word. But just because we might have a difference of opinion doesn't mean that you're wrong and I'm right or you're right and I'm wrong. And it's not right for us to impose our ways upon other people. It's not right to be critical or judgmental about someone because of the way they do things, right? And so I don't know why I was got off on that. but So um, the second thing is, gentleness. I think this is where I was going. Uh, The scripture says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. What is gentleness? Philippians 4, 5. It says, let me read it to you. It says, um, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Where's, I'm thinking of the amplified version. Let me look at it. Let me read that to you. Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit. It's important that we are considerate of one another and that we have a forbearing spirit towards one another. It's a part of grace. It's a part of mercy. This is a prerequisite to peace. Because I'm telling you what, if I get all wrought up about how somebody's doing something and I don't agree with it, it'll rob me of my peace real quick. And there's just no time. There's, no, there's not enough time in the day for me to be upset. 
I've just decided I don't want to be upset anymore. How many have decided that? I don't want to be upset anymore about anything. If you can just decide that, it'll help you choose peace every day. There's something always, I guarantee you, and you'll probably have an opportunity before the night is up because we're speaking about it, something to try to steal and rob you of your peace and your joy. And we have to always be determined, you know what? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth my peace. Now, the Word of God talks about it, that the peace of God will, well, let me read this. Let me, let me do number three. The third prerequisite is be anxious for nothing. Don't be ruled by this world or your flesh. Don't be anxious. How many things, just a few things, can we be anxious about? No, it says nothing. Don't be anxious for nothing. The scripture goes on to say, but in everything, for by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. So I'm starting out rejoicing and I'm ending with thanksgiving. Do you see a pattern? I'm starting out with rejoicing, and I'm ending it with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, you're not supposed to understand it, you don't have to understand it, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ. So, I'm just simplifying it here. Let me borrow you a minute. So, if I'm going through a situation, you're going to stand in front of me. I'm going through a situation and this thing is presenting itself to me. Here is God. Here's my peace. Here's my Prince of Peace. He's guarding my heart and my mind, right? And then so I go over here, and he's guarding my heart and my mind. I'm letting the peace of God rule and reign. Now I can choose to walk over here and start meditating on something else and leave him over there, and he's not guarding my heart and my mind anymore because I'm all these other things, complaining, griping, and as soon as you get into complaining and griping and doubt and unbelief, you pulled yourself out of the will of God. It's a place of strife. It's strife in your mind. And you become unguarded. And now all, all, all enemy attempts, yes, all, every evil work abounds. Where there is strife, every evil work abounds. And you know what else happens? When I'm in this place of strife, now I'm trying to lean on my own understanding. And then I'm trying to lean on God. And then I'm trying to lean on my own understanding. And then I'm trying to lean on God. And what does the word say? That a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, and he receives nothing from the Lord. And so we have to stay in this place where our heart, the heart and the mind, heart and the mind, not just the heart, the mind and the heart are guarded. You got it? And how do we do that? Rejoice. Rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Something happens, praise the Lord. I choose to rejoice. That's one of the things, you know, we consider uh, Pastor Mark and, and Trina our, our pastors. And anytime I'm dealing with something, I call her and say, what do I do? <laughs> and I was talking to her this week about something, and she said, pray in the Spirit. Stay in that place of victory. Pray in, in, and keep in our thanksgiving. And she said, laugh. Laugh at the devil. That's the rejoicing part. When we do that, we keep our place. We keep our place behind that guarded place. We keep ourselves behind that guarded place, and we stay happy. And in that place, you know what joy does? Joy is medicine. It is our strength. That's why the enemy wants to. Let me come come back up again. That's why the enemy wants us. I'm oh, sorry, I shocked you. It's just the it's just the supernatural piece there shocking you. 
when I come out over here and I start thinking about other things and I get all caught up in stuff and strife is happening and, and then what happens then? I become depressed. I, get, I, I have anxiety. I get, I get into fear. The what ifs. I get overwhelmed, anxious. I've opened a door to fear. I'm no longer in faith for what I'm believing God for, but I've opened a door for fear and now all of a sudden I'm drained of my strength. Have you ever heard of anybody say, I don't know what to do, I'm all wrought up? I, well, they don't say it, but they're in a pattern, and you can tell they open their mouth, and you're hearing it, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. Brayden was saying that all day today. What are you doing? Get up, get up. I'm so tired. No, you're not. Stop. That is not your confession. You've slept all night long. You're not tired. Get up. Do something. Move. So, so it guards your heart and your mind. Philippians 4, 8. Sorry, guys, I'm skipping all about. Finally, brethren, and this is his final call to, to us. He's saying, whatever things are true, what is truth? It's the word. It's not talking about whether it's you're telling me the truth because that's a whole perspective thing. It's not, well, that's true. Well, what I believe is true. Well, what you believe is a lie. Well, that's, that's getting into dividing things that's, that's not our place. Whatever is true, based on the word, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are, are good report. We used to say that all the time back in the, remember that mom, in the, I think it was the 80s, we would say, well, that's a good report. That's a good report. We had this friend, she'd, well, praise the Lord, that's a good report. She'd answer the phone, praise the Lord. Oh, yeah, she was a happy lady. And, she, and they were blessed, and they lived a prosperous life. You know why? Because they knew how to praise the Lord in everything. Give thanks. All right, where was I? If it's praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Not like my husband says, not on those things. What are those things? The negative uh, things that cause us fear and trepidation and anxiety and frustration. What are we focusing on? We're focusing on what's praiseworthy. We're focusing on a good report. We're focusing on the peace of God. We're allowing him to rule and reign. Rule and reign. Remember we talked about love just a couple weeks ago? I was talking about how love, that it's the royal law of love. It's royal because it's a regal way. It's a higher way of living. And in that place of love, love cast out all fear. So when we're in that place of living in a higher way, why? Because we are kings and priests, and we live out of this place of royalty. It's not normal for people just to be happy. It's not normal for people to walk in this place where we're just praising God no matter what our circumstances. It's not normal. You know why? Because we're not normal. We're not of this world. We're of another kingdom. And so we're going to live out of this place, this kingdom. We're going to function in a different way. We're not like everybody here. And yes, we are different, and we might be a little bit strange and that's okay because we're walking in the ways of the spirit the spirit of truth is leading us and guiding us he's showing the way to go he's showing us how to be victorious he's showing us how to live in that place of peace so that no matter what's going on this week and somebody's probably going to have to remind me of this this week when I'm making my meals and things are going crazy and I'm burning cookies <laughs> 
I told Braden, just, just throw them off into the, into the dump. I don't care. My house stunk really bad. I don't care. I have just gotten to a place I don't care anymore. I used to be the mom where everything had to be perfect. Everything had to look perfect. My house had to be perfect. Everything had to be orderly. Eh. No, you have not seen my upstairs. And um, so, but I've just, you know, you can't let everything go. You got to do everything in excellence. But there's a place where the Prince of Peace can rule and reign, and I'm not letting other things get to my heart. This is the place that we've got to protect, the heart, because the heart affects the mind. Out of the heart, the abundance, the mouth speaks, and what you're speaking is determining your destiny. And so it's so important that we're staying in this place. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to make, make man happy. I'm, I'm making Jesus happy. I, I, I'm not trying to acquire or be something that I'm not. I'm just being who he's called me to be. And I'm just going to love life along the way. Because life is too short. We know that. Life goes quickly. And if you don't embrace the days that you're living in now, if you don't enjoy where you are now, it's going to be over. And before you know it, you're going to look back and say, man, why didn't I do it different? Why didn't I just enjoy my family, the peace of God, the, my church family, my, the word, the presence of the Lord? Why didn't I just enjoy what I had? So I just want to encourage you, don't allow the pressures of everything that's coming our way this week to take you off course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Stay in that place of where the Prince of Peace can rule and reign your heart. Stay guarded. And I, I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy this season much more. Amen. Uh, Melanie was praying today, and um, I didn't say anything there at the end because I didn't want to interrupt you, but you were saying something about the light. Um, do you remember exactly? What, I was trying to remember exactly what you said, but it was kind of similar to what was said on Sunday, just talking about how we're the light of the world. And, you know, I, I had this thought come. Uh, we were talking about 2024 and getting our sights set on what's next. What God, what does God have for us in 2024? Y'all be praying about that because, you know, he will give us direction. But um, you were just talking about being the light in 2024 and that it will increase. And that we said God will increase our territory because there'll be more light and there'll be more people to come into the light. And what I thought this morning when I woke up is, um, and as you were praying, I thought, what happens when the light comes? We wake up. The light comes and we wake up. And I'm just believing for a wake-up call for people for the hour that we're in. Because we've been in a sleeping place. Even the church has been a sleeping giant. But I believe we're waking up. I believe that people are waking up to the truth and to the light. Because the light dispels the darkness. Amen. Amen. Love you all so much. Louis Giglio. Oh, do you have that? Do you have that, um, that picture of that last thing? Oh, you can't read it. <laughs> Can you read it? Christmas means giving, and the gift without the giver is bare. Give of yourselves. Give of your substance. Give of your heart and mind. Christmas means compassion and love, and most of all, forgiveness. How poor indeed would be our lives without the influence of his teachings and his matchless example. He whose birth we commemorate this season is more than the symbol of a holiday. He is the Son of God, the Redeemer of mankind, the King of kings, and the Prince of Peace. Isn't that beautiful? Can I give you one more thing? I, I forgot to tell you this. 
Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The Hebrew word for stayed means to lean or to rest on. When we lean and we rest in Jesus, we keep our focus, we focus our minds and our hearts on his promises. We trust that he can uphold us and he will show, uh, we show that we trust him by our willingness to obey him. We can't just lean on him, we've got to obey him. As we center our lives on following, obeying and pleasing him, we will experience the perfect peace of his promises. Amen. It's good. Amen. So share that peace with somebody else because I believe it's contagious.